Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the DFS Army Fantasy Football Show. I am your host, Flex Shane. You can follow me on Twitter at the Flex Network One. Today, I'm joined, of course, by Mike Dickinson. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike underscore Dickinson and the sergeant himself, Brandon Adam. You can follow him on Twitter at Brandon D Adam 19. Gentlemen, it's a beautiful Saturday. We're here. We're in the middle of July. We are in the heat of fantasy football season. Yes, that was meant to be a pun, ladies and gentlemen. And today, because you know what? We have been influenced greatly by Mike Dickinson. We're going to be wet blankets today. We're going to talk about six fantasy football busts that are going to break up your team. So buyer beware. Mike Dickinson, I'm going to throw it right to you. Who is your first bust that fantasy football managers should avoid this year? All right, so if you're watching on YouTube, and you should be when you're on YouTube, hit like, hit subscribe, get notified every time we post another video. If you're watching on YouTube, you see that Sergeant Adam has grenades on his shirt. And what you're looking to do <laughs> at the top of round one, you're looking to avoid those grenades that are going to sink your team. So um, this is this might be a hot, wet blanket take, might not be a hot, wet blanket take. My first bust, he's going at, he's going at two overall, RB2. I'm staying away from Christian McCaffrey, man. So... <laughs> you look at what he's done the last the last handful of years. He's not finished out the season. He's pl- he's been plagued by injury. It's been perpetual. It's been shoulder. It's been hamstring. It's been ankle. It's been ankle. So you you look at where Carolina is at from an organizational standpoint. Um, they just traded. They just traded for Baker Mayfield. The Darnold draft. The Darnold trade from last year kind of blew up in their face. Um, this coaching staff is kind of fighting for their life. So. You, you kind of reach an impasse with a player like McCaffrey and, and listening and reading that there seems to be a lot of division about McCaffrey as the RB two. I've seen him go number one overall as obviously as the RB one. Um, and, you know, I think that from my standpoint, what I look to do in the first round is avoid those landmines that are going to sink your draft. So there's, I see one or two scenarios here, either he comes out with his full workload in the first four weeks and he's putting up 23 to 30 points a week, which is what we expect out of him in a full PPR setup. I mean, getting 90% of those touches and then something happens. He breaks down, he hurts a shoulder, he takes a hit, he twists an ankle, uh, the high ankle from last year comes back, pulls a hamstring, something along those lines. So then he's out of your lineup and he's, is he out for three weeks? Is he out for five weeks? Does he go, you know, does he go to IR? Uh, uh, there's, there's a whole, there's a whole huge range of outcomes there. That's one scenario. So you get him for four, you get the top producing back, the top fantasy asset for four weeks, then you lose him for four to six weeks. The other, and I think more likely range of outcomes for him is that they decrease his workload. I think he's proven that when he's on the field, he's absolutely electric, but he can't shoulder that. He can't shoulder that load. He's not a guy who can be in there for 90 to 95% of the snaps in any given week. So they added, they drafted Chuba Hubbard last year. I'm not hugely impressed with Chuba Hubbard, but they brought in Dante Foreman this year. And we saw what Dante Foreman did. He put up the same yards per carry in Tennessee as Derrick Henry did when Derrick Henry went out last year. So I think they brought him in for a reason. I think they brought him in to be the short yarded situation to potentially spell McCaffrey and goal line situations. And honestly, to be a guy who, who you could platoon with Hubbard and give McCaffrey off for a series or two. So for that reason, if he's, if he's going at, at the one Oh two, two overall, sometimes he's going at the one Oh one, one overall. I think I got to stay away from him at that point, because I think that the, what, we've seen over the last two years and what they're telling us from an organizational standpoint just says that he's not going to produce at that level. Go ahead, Brandon. Look like you had something. Don't hate it. I actually like it. It's, 
it's a scary pick, man. It's it's a it's a pick for the guys with some real cojones, man. If you don't, if you if you are a risk taker, I understand it. He is definitely a guy that is worth the risk when he's on the field. But he's proven, man. He's proven that right now his body. He, he was a smaller back coming out of college, and people were talking about it then. Um, and that stuff has kind of come to fruition. And let's see if you can just hopefully it can just reduce him like ten percent, fifteen percent on those key you know high impact uh tight area type of uh of uh runs and get keep him healthy because when he he really is getting hurt when people are breaking through in the backfield and getting them in the backfield that's when he's starting to that's when running backs get twisted up rolled up on gets an ankle tweaks a knee you can see those kind of type of things so i understand that that's a completely fine pick and like you said you don't want to ruin your draft on your very first pick and he has a lot of risk, but if you have that risk, if if you are cool with that, then I understand the pick. But I I haven't picked him. Um, let's just say that I haven't picked him either, Mike. <laughs> okay, so here's a question then, right? So I mean, whenever we're talking about bust, I mean, just for the people, it's basically relative to what, right? It's 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 a bust at ADP, their, right? And it's relative to what other players yeah. you can take there. So I'm on the NFFC. We've got enough drafts in the books now. There's about 120 in the last month where it's starting to become reliable ADPs. And Chris McCaffrey, he's actually going three in the NFFC overall. Cooper yeah. Cup's going two over, uh, going number two. Uh, but what I like is they show you their max. So when they were the earliest they were drafted and the latest they were drafted. So earliest, mm-hmm. of course, one. The latest he was one. drafted was eight. To me, that if he falls to eight, man, like that's a lock. He fell to me at five yeah. one time. And again, it's just you're in enough drafts where I'm going to pull the trigger at five. I have typically gone Cooper cup. If I'm at the two spot or even mm-hmm. the three spot of cups there, I'm typically going there for me. It's a conversation between him and probably Justin Jefferson. And even then I'm probably leaning Jefferson, but Mike, where, where are you comfortable taking him? I would probably be comfortable right around there, the back end of the first round, you know, anywhere from eight to 12. I'm, I'm hard pressed to see him falling there in yeah. any, in any drafts that, that we're in, but I, I get it. I mean, obviously outside of super flex drafts, but I'm not, I'm not taking him there in super flex drafts. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I'd be comfortable with it. The, the thing that gets me though is like he's still your first round draft pick, and he's still mm-hmm. your RB one. So like, are you comfortable with an RB one who's in a diminished workload off of what you're basically you're drafting him at at, at any point? You're kind of drafting him at his ceiling. Like, you know, if you mm-hmm. can go, I, I, I'm hard pressed to see him falling into the second round. So I would probably consider him and take him at like eight, no. nine, ten around there. But but honestly, I wouldn't feel good about it, and I probably wouldn't because there's other there's other higher end options that are going to be there. You're probably if he's there, you're probably going to also have a Justin Jefferson to consider. You might have a Javante Williams to consider. And while McCaffrey and Williams are very different players at very different points in their career, with Williams, you're kind of banking on the upside, and you're banking on the fact that you know that Gordon might just be a backup, and he's not going to have the workload that he did last year. So you know, are you buying the hype and the rise on him? I I think that that's. I don't know that I would do that, but like those are the those are the questions that I'd be asking myself at that point in time. Okay, no, fair enough, fair enough. All right, Brendan, jump into you. Who you got as your first bust candidate? My guy, I, I don't consider him a bust candidate. I just consider he's going to have regression for his ADP where he's going right now, and that is Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is a guy that I last year was a little nervous on, but this year I I think I understand more. I think what I was worried about is going to happen this year with the drafting of Isaiah Spiller. Spiller is, is a big three-down back that can pass catch, that can do a lot of the grimy runs. 
Um, last year, if you watched the Chargers games, you could see that the coaches were uh, were trying to deal with Austin Eckler's workload towards the end of the season. Um, and he was banged up quite a bit at the end of the season. I think if they would have had a plot, a decent backup, I think they would have sat him down to get him healthy for the playoff run. Um, last year, they didn't have that. But this year, they have Spiller that can actually take some of these uh, these uh, red zone touches away at the goal line. He's a bigger back. They tried to do that last year, but they just didn't have the guys to do it. Um, this year, I see that happening. He went to 12. He had 12 rushing touchdowns. I don't see that happening this year. He went from like having – Three, you know, three rushing touchdowns to twelve the, to last year. I think there's going to be a pullback. I see eight more, like seven to eight. I see, I see Austin, I see Isaiah Spiller taking some role away from Austin Eckler, and I see Justin Herbert taking more ownership of that offense over as well. Um, I, I see a a big time passing offense coming uh, this year, and I, I just, I just have a feeling that. The, Austin Eckler's 26. He's under. He's already been undersized. He he does get banged up, and he does play through injury. I give it to him. He does play through that those injury concerns. But this year, I don't think they have to do that. This year, I think they got the back that can actually help out Austin Eckler and keep him healthy for the playoff run. That is why I think there's going to be some some regression on the on the rushing touchdowns for Austin Eckler. Yeah, so I mean, Eckler had twenty touchdowns last year, total touchdowns. And that, yeah, that's going to regress back. I, I totally agree Big with time. that. Isaiah yeah. Spiller, rookie running back out of Texas A and M. He's actually one of the younger running backs. He's only twenty years old. He might be twenty one yep. when the season actually starts. But um, typically, we like to see you know for that for that boom pop sizzle, we like to see running backs mm -hmm. taken in day two, so rounds two or three in real NFL draft. He went at like four point one eight, so four eighteen. That's actually not bad. That's kind of that sweet spot for that breather back type candidate. Isaiah Spiller in college was never really a workhorse, but I think that was kind of the, the selling point um, when he went to Texas A&M is that we're not going to destroy you before your career. And so he is still young. He still has that pop. He, he didn't really test on, um, on the combine, but he did have put up a pro day and it wasn't that impressive, but he is, as you said, he's a good, he could be a good goal linebacker and he could score touchdowns. So, it's going to take away from uh, Austin. He can catch enough. passes, man. Yeah. He can catch passes. Yeah, so I, I totally agree with that one. that one. That one totally makes sense to me. Um, I'm going to go, unless, Mike, you have something to say about Eckler, or we did we cover it? No, I think that you may see Eckler fall into a little more, less of the bell cow role and more the role that he had when Gordon was when Gordon was still there. So, like, you know, you'll see – you might see Spiller. I don't know that you'll see at the beginning of the season, but as the season kind of wanes on what Brandon was saying, you'll see Spiller early down. You'll, you might see Spiller spell him – see Spiller spell him <laughs> uh, for a series or two. Um, I think he'll still be largely relevant in the passing game. Um, and you listen, eight receiving touchdowns is phenomenal. Like that's great. If you take that in and of itself, and then you add another five rushing touchdowns on top of that, you get 13 total mm -hmm. touchdowns out of the guy. That's great, but not for where he's going. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm higher in Eckler than you guys are. That's fine. Um, I, I believe in the talent and there's just so many damn landmines in the first round of running back. I, I'm probably leaning towards wide receiver, but I mean, it's the start of draft season. I was taking Eckler as my RB two top uh, part of round one you don't have to take him there anymore you can take him into backhand of round one and i think that's fantastic value for just the, the high upside i mean range of outcomes i was never really a big, a big isaiah spiller guy what if he sucks i mean what if he's just as bad as justin jackson and then it's like okay well they don't have any choice because the Chargers are going to be good this year 
yeah, that, that's you know range. Yeah, I, then 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 that's then then Eckler will be Eckler, and then Eckler will have the high upside year that we had last year. But I believe Spiller can be a rotational back, can be a back that can bang it in there close to the on the one, two, you know, inside the five. I think that size is going to help them help out that team. I think they've been looking for it. Justin Jackson. They they they've been looking for it, and I think they finally will have a guy that they can kind of kind of just taper off Eckler and give him the prime time touches that that uh, he needs to be on the field for and then get him off the field in those mean in some of those meaningless games where they're blowing out teams. I can totally see Spiller coming in and taking away some of the some of the opportunities away from the the pro and Eckler. Yeah, yeah no, I think that's perfect. Um, I I think it's really interesting because so Austin Eckler was your bust. My next bust candidate, and if Alan Sislowski is listening, cover your ears, brother, Uh-oh. because my Hurtin. bust candidate is Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, so Ezekiel Elliott, obviously Dallas Cowboys running back, he's going at ADP forty overall as the RB seventeen. So seemingly it seems like it's okay. It's not that bad. You don't really have to pay the the, the King's ransom that you had to pay in previous years. Problem is, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott is the definition of one of these dead zone running backs, right? He's going to be, well, he turns 27 on July 22nd. So he turns 27 next year, which we've seen there's a massive decline. Throughout his career, he has had 1,650 rush attempts. One of Zeke's superpowers is the fact that he's been able to stay healthy. At some point, we saw it last year with Derrick Henry. I mean, Derrick Henry at, at touch number 1,380, 81, I should say, is where he got hurt. All right. At some point, Zeke's going to break down. So it's going to be two scenarios here. He's either going to get his workload cut because Tony Pollard, he's young, he's explosive. You know who Tony Pollard reminds me of? Brandon D. Adam? Austin Eckler. So if we think that the Cowboys are going to be good this year, right? There's going to be opportunity, right? And that's what we're going to bank on for Zeke Elliott to pay off. He's going to have to get those touchdowns. Last year... Zeke did score 12 touchdowns, which actually was third in his career. Year before that, in 2020, he had eight. 2019, 14. So say he regresses two or three touchdowns. He's still getting 237 rush attempts last year. That's still quite a bit. What if that falls to 180? Get Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard's not a small dude. He's still 210 pounds. He's a little over six feet. So Tony Pollard is going to come in. He's going to cut back on Zeke's production just enough where Zeke is not going to pay off his 40 ADP. If you can get him in, say, round six, right, then, yeah, to me that would make sense. But to get him in mid-round four, it's just too rich for my blood. And really what it comes down to, again, it's it's who you're taking around him. I'm much rather taking guys like Deontay Johnson around him. Um, if you want to go and spend up on quarterback, Justin Herbert is going after him. Breeze Hall is going a few picks after him. Cam Akers, the guy right going right after him is Gabriel Davis. We're not going to talk about him right now. Um, that's way too early. But listen, Ezekiel Elliott, he's had an amazing career. He's been a fantasy darling forever. But I think his time is coming, ladies and gentlemen. And buyer beware with Ezekiel Elliott. Mike, what do you guys say about that? Yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from. Um, it for me, he's more of a guy that you're looking at if you go, if for some reason you go like wide receiver than tight end to start your draft, you know, with where you're getting him. And listen, he was, he ended up as the RB seven last year, very, very sneakily. You know, he had, he had that PCL injury. I think he had a PCL strain for a majority of the year. And that kind of, that kept his workload down. Uh, You know, I don't know that we're going to see him drop all the way back to 180 carries. You know, maybe we see him drop down to to 200 or so carries. He averaged 4.2, 
a 4.2 yards a carry last year. So that'll probably put him in that, in that eight, eight fifty, nine hundred range. Um, you'll probably see some touchdown regression. So yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, it, it all depends on your roster construction. If you go, say you go like a Justin Jefferson, then a Travis Kelsey, and then you end up with Zeke as your RB1, I think that you have enough advantage at those other two positions where you could figure out a way to make it work. I just don't love it. I, I, uh, anytime I go tight end early like that, I hate the way that yeah. my teams come out. So I'm more inclined to go uh, hero RB and fill in with res- fill in with receivers, and then take my RB two in like in the fifth, sixth round, really in the yeah. the juicy heart of that dead zone. The, the thing that worries me about Zeke is that he's really just had so much opportunity. Okay, so last year he had 50 red zone touches, which was fifth in the league. He had 12 total goal line touches. From a game script perspective, because we talk about Dallas, just a good team, they were number two in the league in terms of game script. He, the thing is, though, yards created per touch. He had 2.2 yards created per touch. That was 37th in the league. That's not very good. That just basically means that all of his production was based off opportunity. And if that opportunity gets scaled back, plus maybe he gets that lingering PCL or just you know that lingering injury, even if he ends up playing the games and he's battling those injuries because he's getting older, it's just it's gonna it's gonna sap that production and that massive upside. And so in round four, I mean, look, we call it dead zone for a reason. Where you can kind of dodge that dead zone with run back is these young, unproven running backs like the Cam Akers of the world, like Brees Hall, but Ezekiel Elliott, 27 years old, ugh, a little bit risky. 26. Well, he'll be 27 when the start when the season starts. He turns 27 next week. Hey, I'm I'm still so. I'm still 36 until I turn 37. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, dude, I get you, but I think uh, Zeke follow the money. I think Zeke is Stop. Dak's best friend. I think Zeke is going to be Jerry Jones. Loves Zeke. He loves that guy. Uh, I don't think they're going to take away his role just yet. I think he was battling last year quite a bit through a PCL injury. That's a big injury, man, to be able to battle through. I'm actually surprised that he wanted to battle through that. Um, I'm, I, if I were him, I would have probably not battled through that because PCLs are very – when those things go, it's a catastrophic thing. And uh, I just don't – don't. there's no reason to mess with that, um, especially when they had Tony Pollard that could just be just – very explosive player. There's no, there was no reason to run Zeke out there unless Zeke wanted to. Um, but I, I, I do think this is the last year. I think, uh, I think this is like the year, the last year of the changing of the guard with the old running backs, the Henry's, the Zeke's, the, uh, those guys, uh, the James Connors, um, the older backs neck in, in 2023, there's going to be a major starvation for RBs in dynasty because, I think a bunch of these older backs are just going to fall off after this year. Um, that and that I, I think Zeke is going to be able to put in. I think he'll still be a, a, an RB one. I think he'll be like RB ten through twelve somewhere around there. No matter what, I think that's his floor. If he, if 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 Pollard misses any time, nobody wants to talk about that. If Pollard misses any time, he's going to be just a monster. Um, no matter what, I think they're going to pay, they, they're paying this man a shit ton of money. I think they are going to use him until they run the wheels off of him. And like I said, man, he, he's a big personality in that, in that locker room and on that team and, uh, on the identity of the Dallas Cowboys. And I just feel like whenever his teammates talk about Zeke and his performance last year, they just say, just wait. 
um, because right because everybody knew in that locker room what he was going through. I think people out on the outside didn't realize what was going on. Like myself last year, I was screaming at the top of my lungs. Pollard is better right now. Um, and I, I agree with that. It was just due to injury, really. I, I, I really think, think it just came down to injury. I think you're, you're making my point for me. It's, 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 yeah. it's, I think because of his age, because of his mm. number of touches, he, he's got that higher injury risk. He does Maybe have he's high not risk. not going to miss games, sure. but he's a beast. He's going to continue to battle through them, which is going to affect your fantasy points. You're going to feel emotionally obligated to start him every single week, and that's going to be a landmine. First month, of the I don't season, know. I, be I don't know. I, I'm with I'm with Al on this one. I think I, I think Al identified. I think Zeke has actually been creeping back up boards quite a bit um, in the last month or so. Um, I, I, I I don't know if it's if, if it's a rotowire factor where he's just putting it out there in the universe and people are drafting him again. But like he was a super great value just like a couple months ago, but now he's starting to creep back up and you're going to have to pay for him a little bit. But if you were able to grab him earlier in the best ball season, you're going to have major value. Like I've been doing, but uh, it, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's what you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it, but um, I'm not going to argue against it too hard. Yeah. All right, Michael, who you got? All right. So you, you kind of, uh, you alluded to my next bust, um, and this yeah, is solely based comes. off of his, this is solely based off of his ADP. So he's currently going forty third overall as a wide receiver twenty, which I, I get it, maybe, but not really. It's Gabe Davis. So the problem is that you're paying you're paying the price off of that last that last playoff game that they had last year, mm-hmm. and that last playoff game was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and now we're talking we're talking redraft season long we're not talking best ball now and in best ball i think davis is a stronger play than he is in redraft where you have to make these decisions week in and week out so i just want to dive in a little bit on the analytics of davis and i i absolutely love davis i think he's a you know i picked him up i picked him up early uh before his rookie season before his rookie season started up he was on waiver wires in a bunch of dynasty leagues so he went undrafted in some in some leagues that I was in. I picked him up off the wire. I got him for free a bunch of places, and I and I absolutely love him. I love him as a player. So to fit him in as a wide receiver three or a flex play week in and week out is fine. But I think you know to count on him as a wide receiver two, which is where he's being taken right now, is a little bit more difficult to stomach. So you look at you look at his last two seasons. His his and his numbers are nearly identical. He's had identical 62. each season. 62, yeah. 63 targets, 35 catches. That nets you out to basically a 56% catch rate, um, 9.2 yards per target, 16.4 yards per catch. So on the high side, and this is <laughs> <That's> hugely <awesome. laughs> this is hugely optimistic. If you go and say, all right, I I think he's gonna double the number of targets that he gets this year. And and that's a huge mm-hmm. pro- that's a huge proposition. I don't know, I don't know that you can bank on him doubling the number of targets that he's gonna get this year. I can. Um, they well, so they have 184. <laughs> vaca- they have 184 vacated targets between Cole Beasley and Manny Sanders. They added James mm-hmm. Cook. They added Jamison Crowder. They drafted Khalil Shakir, and they brought in OJ Howard. So, um, you know, backups, backups, in- backups. Crowder's not a backup. Could Davis, in theory, sure is. pick up? Could Davis, in theory, pick up 60 targets? Maybe. Do you want to draft him mm-hmm. at wide receiver 20? You know, banking on that fact, I don't. So if he if he runs out, if he if he grabs if he 120 targets, gets him 67 catches for 1102 yards and seven touchdowns. That's 219 PPR points on the season. That sounds great. 219 PPR points. Give it to me. The problem is that's wide receiver 24. 
So you're drafting at wide receiver 20, his best possible. And that that's a best possible outcome. His best possible outcome mm. is four points below where you drafted him. So uh, for me, I'm not taking there. I'm not taking the risk. I think question. I have though, question. Yeah. If, if his, if his targets increased by double, like you're saying, and he has a 40% uh, conversion rate at TD, his TD rate, then he, you wouldn't expect him to be at the same TDs. He, I mean, he he would be double he, digit you TDs. You can't count on correct. At 40, right. You can't count no. on a forty percent. If he if he, it, it might drop a little bit, but it's not going to stay the same. He will think, he will get more touchdowns if he has double the targets. Period. I don't. That's I, just that's just what that offense is going to do. I, I mean, give I, him give him three more touchdowns. Give him three. Okay, more touchdowns. so now he's give back him, to his ADP. You're drafting nope. him right at ADP then. Your his ceiling is his ADP. His ceiling is his ADP. And in my world, I'm not taking somebody. I'm not taking somebody at ADP at their yeah. ceiling. I'm just not doing it. Honestly, so I'm, honestly, I'm right now, I'm a big. I'm a. I'm a big. And Davis I know that he's 227 pounds. I know he's bodied up. I know all. I know all that shit. Like I've seen the videos. I've seen him lift, and I've seen all that stuff. And that's awesome. I I'm love not worried about player. that. I love him much more as an NFL player, but for me, he's much safer for me as as a mid tier wide receiver three, where I don't have to count him and. I don't have to count on him and put him in my lineup every single week. I'm much more comfortable with him and, and, around around wide receiver 30. Okay, then and then honestly, then you'll never have him on your roster in redraft. Period. And that's because fine with me. That's fine. Not, yeah, that and that's totally fine. And if that's what and that's what you're saying to to everybody is that his ADP has crept past the point where your feel the value is too there. The, the risk is there's higher risk with Davis because the the ADP has crept up because people are buying the breakout and buying that and ne- like I would say like a, a couple months ago like when he was getting drafted in the wide receiver 30s easy yeah, smash I'm fine with easy that. smash I'm fine draft with that. I get that and that's what I was doing but at this point now where everybody ha- this train has gotten a little out of control. I I'll admit that a little out of control. Like when he's going above a DK Metcalf, a Deontay Johnson, that is wrong. That's just wrong. You you don't draft a wide receiver two uh, that is hasn't completely broken out yet over a guy that's wide receiver one on their teams. Like that's just that's just bad drafting. So. That is where that I understand what you're saying, Mike, and I get that. And this is actually the ceiling. You're drafting the ceiling of Davis if you want Davis right this minute. And that yeah, is and I, that it's even hard for me to pull the trigger on him if I see a DK Metcalf, a Deontay Johnson behind him. That's crazy. I'm not gonna do that. And even though I'm a big Davis guy. I, I believe the breakout is coming. I don't know how big the breakout's gonna be, but to say that he hasn't proved himself like there's people all over this Twitterverse that are saying that he hasn't er- earned a, or earned this hype train when the man has broken out in the biggest times of his career and his everybody on his squad is saying Davis is going to have a bigger role this year coming from the coach coming from the GM come from teammates even Josh Allen they are they are banking on him co- coming and breaking out this year and that is why the bills are 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 just going to be so hard they're going to have digs they're going to have davis they're going to have Knox, and then they're going to have cook coming out of the back back backfield catching passes and it's going to be extremely hard to defend you it but davis is a much better best ball guy like you said than a redraft 
guy trying to time when he's going to have those big games. I, I agree yeah. with that 100%. But Davis yeah. is going to break out at the ceiling right now. And I, but and I, think I understand what, a, what you're saying. I think if you look at what a breakout looks like, a breakout could look like 95 targets, 53 catches, 873 yards, and 10 touchdowns, which is which is great. But that's not to me. That's not good enough to get wide receiver mm-hmm. 20. That's that gets you closer to the 200 points. And I think that he's puts good, him in that. I in think that he's good a thousand yards. Yeah. So yeah. so by I think he's going to put. I mean, he's going to break a thousand yards. Oh, go ahead. So by comparison, if we, if we look at Emmanuel Sanders, because right two years ago when Josh Allen has a breakout in 2019, Emmanuel Sanders was a big part of that breakout, right? Um, 96 targets in 2019. I mean, he was two years ago. 2020, not so much, but in, in 2019 when he when Sanders first came over to the Bills, 96 targets. I think that's realistic, but it was only about 11 to 12 fantasy points per game for Emmanuel Sanders. So I think that would be a win, but that's more of a wide receiver three. To Mike's point. So I will say, though, the NFFC, which, again, we've started to look at because it's more of a sobering. It's, it's more high stakes. Mm-hmm. And yes. we finally have a decent da- uh, data sample. In the last month, 120 drafts. Gabriel Davis is going as 52 overall ADP. That's right around where I have him ranked. So it's more, I guess maybe it's a coincidence, but that's where I would be comfortable taking Gabe Davis. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't take him every time. But mm-hmm. if he fell to me right there, I would. Almond Ross St. Brown's going right after him. I like Almond Ross St. Brown before him. But just players who were going ahead of him that I really don't like. Like Allen Robinson, spoiler alert, I'm going to talk about him right away here. He's going way too high, right? So it's, I guess it's relative to what? 50? I think that's a nice little sweet spot. Um, looking at some of these Scott Fishbowl drafts, he's fallen to like the ninth round. I mean, obviously because of the format, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. there, are, there are some values to be had out there. But the underdog market, which is where we are getting our mm-hmm. age right now, because that's still predominantly what we're doing. We're doing our best balls. And hey, hey. Use the link below, DFS Army. There's a link to get um, up to $100 deposit match at DFS Army, which means you can go play the puppy. You can play the best ball mania. You can go and just play some casual contests. Go do it now. But my bus candidate. Actually, Brandon, let's go to you first. Let's go to you first for your second guy. We'll save it for later. That's called a tease. Who you got, Brandon? So my second guy is... My second guy, I'm not dra- I'm not drafting at their current ADP is Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes is a guy that this year is going to be learning a whole new set of people around. Um, I believe this team through some glitches early in the season to figure out who their guy in the role. The roles will get defined early in the season. I think they got to figure out how to who is going to be their one, who is going to be their two. Um, out and honestly. If Juju Smith, I don't believe in Juju Smith Schuster as a as a one. I believe him as a wide receiver two and beyond that. But I don't believe that Juju can carry the water to be their wide receiver one like they like people are projecting him to be. I just don't see the capability of him. When whenever he was the guy, he failed over in in Pittsburgh. He did not play well when he was just the guy. When he had people outside, all around him, that's when he started performing and having monster games. And that's when people paid crazy, crazy picks to get him because suddenly he, people were touting him as the wide receiver one in the league at, in Dynasty, and people bought it. Um, what a the biggest fade what in fantasy history for me that was. Um, and that, to me, there's a big, big problem with the Chiefs, and people don't want to take that and 
understand that there are going to be some major learning curve. I think there's going to be a massive learning curve in, in that squad with Sky Moore, with MVS. Um, Kelsey's going to be doubled, tripled all the time. Okay. It's not going to be easy for Kelsey anymore. It's not without Tyreek Hill, without that stretching ability, without that game breaking ability, that is going to be a problem for Travis Kelsey as well. Um, until Sky Moore proves that he can go downfield and do what Tyreek did, I think that offense is going to sputter. It's going to, it's going to struggle. And I think Matt, Pat Mahomes will throw way more interceptions this year than he ever has. And I think uh, there's going to be some frustrations in in Kansas City. And I, I I just feel like Pat Mahomes is a guy that in redraft that I am not going to have a lot of. But in dynasty, I have a lot of dynasty. I have dynasty shares of him. I'm not moving him for nothing. I'm I'm he's still an elite talent. He's still all that. But in redraft, he's a guy that I'm steering around. I'd rather have Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray. I'd rather have Lamar Jackson. I would rather have Josh Allen. You know. I would even I would even say I I would even say uh, um, Joe Burrow is another guy I would actually like above Pat Mahomes. Um, I would not be drafting Pat Mahomes where he's going right now as QB three or QB two in in uh, any any redraft leagues right now. I just want okay range of outcomes, guys. Range of outcomes here. Mike, just give me a probability percent chance Kansas City finishes last. In their division, the Ooh. Give me a percent chance. Twelve. Okay. Yeah. Brandon, so I, yeah. I, I, I'm going like twenty percent too. Obviously yeah. Twenty percent, brother. Chance. They're better than average, but yeah, I think there's a good twenty percent chance that they could finish last. Las Vegas has improved. The Chargers, I think. Um, <laughs> my wife is asking me. This is the most random. My, my wife doesn't talk to me about football. She thinks, okay, you deal with too much football. She was asking me, who do I think is going to win the Super Bowl this year? My pick Here we is go. the Chargers. It's going to be Justin Herbert. Ooh. It's it's going to happen. This is the ascension time. The team that, in my opinion, has improved the most is the Chargers. Okay, so they're dealing with mm-hmm. that. Devontae Adams, Hunter Henry, or excuse me, not Hunter Henry, Hunter Renfro, Hunter Renfro, excuse me, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. They're going to be a challenging mm-hmm. team over there at Las Vegas. And then Denver, Russell Wilson. One of the best quarterbacks in the league. It's there's a better people are going to be. It's it's going to be a crazy year. Now the one thing I will say about Juju Smith-Schuster, yes, he's the number one wide receiver target on the team, but Travis Kelsey is a game changer, right? So I mean, yes, it's a different dynamic between him and say an AJ Brown, right? But Travis Kelsey is still going to be the number one option on that team. But I do see your point. I like Sky Moore. It's it's the word on the street is that MVS had a pretty yep. solid OTA. So. Who knows where this is going to go? Yeah, MVS didn't do squat with Aaron Rodgers. Although uh, that's 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 another name I'm staying away from. Aaron Rodgers. That's another cool. bust of a QB. Yeah. That is a if you're drafting Aaron Rodgers, you are so going to be disappointed, man. Like they are going to yeah. run the piss out of the football and check down Charlie all day long to Aaron Jones. That's what's going to happen. Um, I just, unless Julio Jones makes it up there then and can stay healthy for them, that, that could be a guy that could possibly be a veteran that can go up there and help him out that, but I think in that cold weather, 
Julio Jones's hamstrings are going to blow out in the two weeks. So that's just my, that's just what I think, you know, I'm, it's just proven to me that that's what's going to happen. I just, I just see a massive step back for the Kansas city chiefs this year. And I don't see, I, I just don't see them being their dominant selves, man. And I, I, I think people that are drafting Mahomes and, and all these Kansas city chiefs, I think they're going to be sorely disappointed, man. And honestly, I think the best one the, you're going to laugh. I think the best Kansas city chief to draft is Rojo. That's the best value. Whoa. That's the best guy. I think he could be the number one running back in that freaking team. <laughs> like, why wouldn't he be right? Like, I just don't understand how people aren't are still drafting Mahomes as if he still has Tyree Kill, and he just. I'm telling you, it's going to be a major cur- learning curve, and this is the first time Mahomes is going to have adversity in his career, man. I'm I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see how he how he deals with it. I think he's going to risk the biscuit a lot, and it's going to get taken by the defense way more often than people think. Yeah. One of the biggest things that people forget is that, and this is both a knock on, on, on Tyreek Hill as well going to Miami, is just the fact that Tyreek Hill and, and Patrick Mahomes has such good chemistry. You know, when Mahomes yes. is in the pocket, he can distribute the ball anywhere, right? But the second that the pocket breaks down, he's got a scramble. Tyreek Hill was the best in the league at those scramble drills, and just yep. he knew exactly what Mahomes was going to do. Typically, it was go long. It's but chemistry, man. He's going to become. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not going to have that chemistry. So, I, you know, what? I, I kind of equate this. This makes me think of like the Golden State Warriors. For those of you who are NBA fans, just they're still going to be a good team, but the competition's continuing to heat up, and maybe they might have a down year or two. They'll mm-hmm. be back in a year or two, right? Once they get that chemistry mm-hmm. back, once Mahomes maybe gets some solid wide receiver help, but you know, gives gives guy more some time to develop. It's going to happen. But this this could be down season. I, I totally buy that. So I'm going to move on to my bus candidate because this is a guy that people have just like they just completely blacked out. It's like you know, it's like that. You go, out, you have a few extra drinks, and you just completely can't for- remember. It's like it's like the night didn't happen, man. It's like it didn't happen. Allen Robinson. It's like last mm-hmm. year playing for the Chicago Bears didn't happen. Right now, underdog is going as wide receiver 23, 47 overall. I am ranked as my 32 wide receiver because I view him as a mid-range wide receiver three with upside, not a wide receiver two, okay? So first and foremost, Allen Robinson last year did absolutely squat, okay? So he did play 27 games, and excuse me, uh, he played uh, 12 games last year, so he didn't play the entire season, but he only had 7.3 fantasy points per game, Mm. all right? Average target distance of 10.21 yards, which is low. He had 14 deep targets, which is reasonable. He ranked 90th in yards after the catch with 110 yards, okay? Fantasy points per target. He also ranked 90th at 1.31 fantasy points per target. Versus versus 2020, he was at 1.67. So that was a lot more reasonable. He had crappy target separation, too. He only had 1.1 yards of target separation, which is bad. You want at least like one and a half yards of target separation. So he wasn't getting open. Um, What I tried to isolate here was I looked at, okay, yes, the Bears were just functional last year. Yes, Justin Fields liked him as a prospect, did not have a good year as a quarterback. So he wasn't doing a good job getting Allen Robinson the ball. But when Allen Robinson did get the ball, he didn't do anything with it. Okay. His best comparable player on playerprofile.com is Des Bryant. Mm. Des Bryant, right at age 28 season, which is guess what? This season, Allen Robinson's going to be age 28, is where he had that massive decline. Okay. He hasn't scored more than. What is it? Seven touchdowns. He had one season back in 2015 
where he had his 14 touchdowns. Last year, one touchdown. 2020, six. 2019, seven. 2018, four. Okay, so it's not like he's been putting up the touchdowns. He's been getting the, the he's been getting the targets. Odell Beckham went to the Rams. Odell Beckham had a breakout. He's back. He had resurgence to his career. Odell Beckham was traded to the Rams in Week Ten. Okay, so regular season games, he had two games as a wide receiver one, where he's as a wide receiver one, where he finished as an as a nine and the eleven. He had one game as a wide receiver two, where he finishes twenty one. He had two games as a wide receiver three, and he had three games as worse than a wide receiver three. Odell Beckham had a great playoff run. He was probably going to be the Super Bowl MVP, but Odell Beckham did not have a resurgence to his career. If you think that Allen Robinson, who did nothing last year, is just going to walk in all of a sudden, Matthew Stafford's going to be like, "Yeah, man, this guy's going to get the ball." He had he was good four years ago. Let's get him the ball. People are going to be sorely disappointed if you're drafting Allen Robinson as current ADP just because oh he's around now. Brendan, roast me. You know what? I think it just came down to hating where you're at with him. I, I when I watched Allen Robinson on the field last year, it looked like a guy that was just disconnected, didn't give a give a didn't care. Like that's I kind of like he just didn't care. Like like he was just like, you know what? I'm just here to collect a check and I'm waiting for a free agency. You know, that I think that's pretty much what I mean. That that Bears team last year was a just a dumpster fire. Come on, we gotta understand that. Nagy had had nobody in that locker room believed in what they were doing. Um, Allen Robinson has been an elite guy for a, a while before that, and so I mean, I don't know. Whenever people go down south to the L.A. Rams, it seems like they get rejuvenated. It seems like they get to be very excited about what's happening within that offense for their role. And uh, the only thing I see that can mess with Allen Robinson's production and him not paying off ADP is the yeah. fact that Odell Beckham is still out there, guys. Mm-hmm. O- Odell Beckham is still out there, and there is word on the street from – the blurbs I I've read or read and follow is that the Rams are just waiting to sign him and t- when he's healthy. But like the question he's going to take gonna uh, be a minimum deal. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like, will it be like halfway through the season that he's healthy and he gets signed halfway through the season or, you know, like that, that that's another name that green Bay should be freaking all trying to go get once he's healthy is Odell. Green Bay should be all over or Kansas City. They, those are the two teams that should go get Odell when he's ready. But it seems like there's a connection still with the Rams, and that's still a possibility. But I, I still like Allen Robinson. I like him. I think he – I think, honestly, it came down to attitude and just not giving a shit about the Bears. Like, I honestly believe that. Yeah, I mean, he was franchise-tagged, which he did not want. Well, I think it was franchise-tagged yeah. twice, if I remember correctly. He was pissed. Yes, so I get it. He but was very the thing mad. is, is that the four seasons where he was the most productive in fantasy football, he received 150 targets. Okay. Yeah. 2020, 151 targets. 2019, 153 targets. 2016, 150. 2015, which was his breakout season, he had 151. He gets 90 targets compared to, say, 2018, where he had 94. He put up 11.8 fantasy points per game. That's boom. That was wide receiver number 30. That's pretty much right where I have him ranked. How many, so, how many targets did Odell get 12, last year? 11, 12 points. How many targets did Odell get last um, year? I don't have that in front of me. Rams I offense. In front of me. I, don't, I don't have it in front of me. I, I could look for it, but I don't sure, know. That, I that, that's, I'm sure that number is somewhere above 100. I, I, I could it. look. 
You got it here. Okay, this is fantastic. Yeah, I think I think the ADP with Robinson is is what takes is what takes you off him. You know, for him going, he got eighty two targets. Yeah, I mean Robinson's going at wide receiver twenty three. So you're sorry, sorry, Mike. You go ahead. No, that's okay. I mean he's going as wide receiver twenty three. So you're he's being drafted as a wide receiver too. And again, this might be a situation where he's being drafted as a ceiling, kind of like with Davis. So if he falls down and he's yes. wide receiver 28, 29, 30, I, I'm, I'm in on him there. I'm, yeah. I'm in on him as a yeah. player. And I think that unlike Davis, I think that there will be teams where I have access to Robinson as a, as a wide receiver three, as a flex option. Cause I think that his, I think that his, that number will start to, will start to come down a little bit as we yeah, get I mean, into camp and some of these rookies start to pick up some more hype. I think that Robinson's ADP will start to drop. Yeah, it, I mean, it's just it's all about relative value, and I think people are just going to be disappointed about where you're drafting Allen Robinson versus to where he's more likely going to finish. I think he's going to finish as a solid wide receiver three that you're happy to get on your team as a wide receiver three because he's going to give you honestly probably wide receiver one. Like he's he could have two, a two touchdown two touchdown game. So there's that's in his range of outcomes. The problem becomes for the vast majority of it, it's going to be Coop man. Coop's going to get the ball. Coop's going to get fed this year. There's a reason we're still drafting Cooper Cup as if he's not going to regress because he's not going to take a, st- a step back. So that, that's all. That, that's, that just worries me a little bit. And also, then you, then you hear the fact that the Rams really do want to get a little bit more back to that running football game. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't have anybody last year. Daryl Henderson was is, is a glass doll. Cam, Cam Akers is awesome, but he's injured, right? Sonny Michelle was gallant for his efforts, but he's older, right? He wasn't super electric. But Cam Akers, healthy. They're going to want to run the ball more. They're going to take a little step back in terms of relying on Matt Stafford, at least early in the season, right? Maybe down the playoff stretch and in the playoffs, they'll, they'll lean more on Stafford. But then you, I mean, is Stafford even throwing yet, guys? Like from last I checked, he wasn't even throwing yet from that shoulder surgery. So there's just, there's to me, there's just too many question marks for Allen Robinson going where he is. And again, you completely have to black out of last year and say, okay, it just, it didn't happen. It was dysfunctional. And that was what it is. So, I don't know. I don't trust it. I don't think I have any shares of Allen Robinson in any of my best balls because it's just going too high. And it's just I would rather take players again around him. So that's it, boys. Let's wrap it up there. Mike, where do the good people find you? Mm. Uh, fi- find me on Twitter at Mike underscore Dickinson talking trash. Boom. Brandon Diadam. Brother, before we leave, I just want to say Jerry Judy is a bust as well. But I'm just, you know, that's a guy that's that's going to be a bust. And I think he's his current ADP is out of control for what he's produced in the NFL. And that's all I'm going to say about it. But uh, follow me on Twitter, Brandon D. Adam 19. Um, I'm always talking shit. Uh, these, these Scott Fishbowl, I've been checking out all these Scott Fishbowl uh, drafts. And man, oh man, I love your guys' drafts compared to a lot of other people's. So congratulations on your guys' drafts on scooping up value every turn, it seemed like to me. Um, A lot of people fading those RBs and just stacking the hell out of wide receivers. And I I just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for, you know, dominating a certain position group. But man, if you go too far with it, that's how you get, destroyed in these big leagues uh so mm-hmm. that's just me but continue on your guys i can't wait to talk about your guys's uh teams later on um maybe next week when it's all when your guys terribly slow drafts are done um you know hurry up guys these scott fishbowl drafts are insane hurry up yeah i'm not gonna say who but i've got an interesting analyst in my league who's now timed out twice in the last days. that's to me that's just unacceptable um, mm-hmm. I'm, my name is Flex Chain. Of course, I'm the one who's showed as much restraint as possible, not talking about my Scott Fishbowl team. 
You can follow mm-hmm. me on Twitter if you want to get all those updates at the Flex Network One. Of course, DFS Army Fantasy Football. We're here. The draft guide is live. The rankings are live. We're doing articles. There's two or three articles pretty much almost every single day dropping over at DFS Army. And we're just getting started, ladies and gentlemen. It's July 16th when we're recording this. It's the hardest summer. This is the time to get back into fantasy football for the 2022 season. We're DFS Army. We're here to support you. Go like, subscribe to this new channel. It's a fantasy football dedicated DFS Army channel. Follow us on Twitter at DFS Army and dominate your leagues. So for Brandon, for Mike, I'm Flex Shane, and we are the DFS Army Fantasy Football Show.